Elohim spoke all these words, saying, I am Yahweh Elohim, who brought you out of the land of Israel, and out of the house of slaves. Do not have any other mighty ones against my face. Do not make for yourself a colored image, any likeness of that which is in the heavens above, or which is in the earth beneath, or which is in the earth under the earth. Do not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, Yahweh, your Elohim, and a jealous elf, visiting the crookedness of the fathers on the children, to bring forth generations to those who hate me, but show loving commitment to thousands of those who love me by my commands. Do not bring the name of Yahweh, your Elohim, do not. For Yahweh does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to not. Remember the Sabbath days. Set apart six days of labor and shall do all your work. But the seventh is the Sabbath of Yahweh In it, not any work. You, your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your children, who live in your gates. For in six days I'll make the heavens and the earth. The sea, and all that is in them, and thus did the sun stay. We bless you this magnificent morning with the fruit of our lips as we come to you in the magnificent name of Yahshua. Hamashiach, Messiah, the King of glory forever and ever and ever. We extol thee, we exalt thee as magnificent and wonderful as you are. We can never give you enough thanks for the sacrifice that you have made for us, atoned for our iniquities and sins and transgressions, written our names down in the Lamb's Book of Life. We only hope that this morning, this day, we can bring about a performance that will be pleasing, that our life will be a selfless sacrifice to you to show our respect for the offering that you have made for us. Speak to us your words of truth by the power of the Holy Spirit that you send sink deep down our heart and grant me the utterance to be able to reach unto your people in the magnificent name of Yahshua. We will glorify your name. Hallelujah. 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 Make a seat. You know, the, these messages that we've been doing lately, uh, sentiment of it is comprehend and really truly grasp who you are in Messiah, that it will bring about a gratefulness and a thankfulness. You, know, you understand what I mean? And an appreciation to know that he has picked you out, calls you out, and chosen you out of the mist. 
of a wicked and perverse generation. So our lives should be lived in a selfless sacrifice to the King of glory. You understand what I mean? Because um, after all, he, he gave it all and he paid it all. And so he is worthy of our service. Hallelujah. Glory to the King. Let's go ahead and get going. The devil is constantly putting thoughts into our minds all the time. The question of the day is, is, do you know when he's put a thought in your mind? Another question is, do you know when you are communicating the devil's thoughts? I mean, because after all, all we see is each other. So when, we, oh, when you open up your mouth, we're automatically assuming that you're talking. But is that really the truth? You understand what I mean? Over in John 13, verse 2, it said, And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart. Y'all hear that? What did he do? He put. Now I'm asking you a question today, see, because we're charged to be sober-minded, right? Do you know when the devil has put something in your heart? Judas didn't know that the devil had put that in his heart. You understand what I mean? If you follow. See, when you've been doing this as long as I have, I got a certain look. This is, my, this is usually my look whenever someone's talking to me and I'm, I'm, I have 100% attention, you know what I mean? I usually look like this. Are you following me? Because I'm listening with a sober mind, trying to figure out who's talking. Now, I don't tell you that, okay, now the devil's talking. But the first thing you'll do is go to the defense of the devil. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I mean, not only doing, but living. If I hadn't just been an Israelite, I've been living with the Israelites. There's a big difference. Are you getting it? So put yourself in these shoes right here. Supper's been ended, and now the devil has been put into the heart of Judas, Iscariot, Simon's son, to do what? To betray. Now, do you really think that he believed that that suggestion or that thought that come to his mind originated from the devil? He, he really owned it for himself, just like you do. You own every conversation. You own everything that comes out of your mouth. You discern everybody else, but you don't discern yourself. I'll give you an example of what happened to me this week. Right, where it really, truly did not happen to me. All right. So, we ordered some garage doors from Home Depot. All right. Three months ago. And 
the time came for them to be here. They, they were to be here at the end of August. August 30th is the day they should have been here. Well, the 30th passed, the 31st passed, the 1st passed, the 2nd passed, the 3rd passed, the 4th passed, and the 5th passed. I go, anybody going to communicate this? So I picked up the phone, asked them about the garage doors. These big doors. $5,500 worth of doors. Uh, uh, we call you back one day. Day goes by. I called on the first day and I said, uh, they're in Nashville. I said, put somebody on the phone. Who knows what they're talking about? You know what I mean? Three days passed. Uh, Mr. Dow, uh, the order never got put in. I said, what? I said, the order ain't never, it never got put in. I said, that's because you didn't put it in. But she didn't want to admit that she was the one that didn't put it in. So I'm hot. What a hot brother. I was in the flesh. Straight up hot. I was hot as hell. So between pouring the concrete and then having to go up there the next day, I had a time to sleep on it and meditate and think, how am I going to approach this one? You understand what I mean? You got all kind of approaches you can make. You follow me. So, um, and then I had to drive up there as well. So I said, so I go up there and cut an ass. Give him a piece of my mind. I said, let me try this in other way. I went to the counter. I said, "Bob, please speak to the store manager or the assistant store manager. Somebody in charge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's your Charles Dow. Why they the whole time? They, they, man, they, they worse than TSA, man. They, <laughs> is this about one of the orders? Yeah, that's the reason why I'm here. He comes down. And I said, sir, I said, I'm kind of upset. I have unsecured property now at a job site because nobody communicates with me up before to come The lady told me it's going to take 21 days to refund that. But it took y'all every bit of two seconds to take the money. I don't want the door because I'm not going to be doing business with y'all like this. Right now. I just want refund. Goes over. Looks up the order number. Talks to a few people on the phone. Comes back to Mr. Dow. I'm so sorry. We dropped the ball. And I'm glad that you came to me. So I'll know how to better deal with our employees. Because this is totally unacceptable. He said, I know it doesn't do any good. But do you have the card? debit card for the finish. I said, sure, right here. He says, if you, I tell you what, third into the machine right here, we'll refund your money, you'll get it back in three to five days. I said, that's a good So I sat there for a minute. I waited. 
you need anything. Here's my personal card. Here's my here's my my, my personal number. I appreciate you basically coming up here with self-control. <laughs> you understand what I mean? So I said, hmm. So I'm waiting. I'm not volunteering nothing, right? Because, I mean, from this point on, I'm waiting to see what he's going to do. Because I'm getting ready to go spend $12,000 in lumber. And based on what he does or doesn't do, it's based on what I'm getting ready to spend this next $12,000. Because businesses, uh, are you following? we spend a lot of money, and that helps, like Bud Bud educated told me, that affects their uh, bonuses at the end of the year. Because he can clearly look on the computer and see how much money, right? And said, so we do appreciate it. I said, all right, have a good day. Walked out the door. And I go, isn't that something? If you drop the ball, and you know you messed up something, shouldn't he have offered me a little bit like a gift card or, you, you understand what I mean? I mean, a way to put a little healing balm on my emotions and sensitive feelings. I said, oh, okay, y'all told me everything I need to know about y'all. See y'all. So I'm going to go over the road. In about six to eight months, I may show up there. We ain't seen you in a while, so I wonder why. And then I walk right back out the door. I'm sure that the woman got kind of chewed out there. You understand? Know but you see, everybody is not going to do right by you. And you have to be in a position to be able to accept that as a fact. You just have to make sure that you have self-control to be right and do right. Does that make sense? That's how I went yesterday. You follow me? So now, I get back home. I got Brother Bud on the mission to look for some more industrial doors. You know, doors more industrious. Um, better quality for the same price. He says, but, Pastor, we 15 weeks out. I say, ain't nothing else we can do. You know what I mean? But wait. That's just how customer service is going today. Isn't that right? Now, I gave y'all an example. Of, <clears throat> I'm telling you, I had all kind of thoughts going through my mind. I, I'm not shy to see me stomping around the house. I'm going to go I'm going to give him a piece of my damn mind. I'm waiting up there, damn doors. We got no doors. What, what are they going to do? Just, they ain't got nothing to do with just sitting and watch the movie. Get some popcorn. Watch the movie, man. What are they going to do? See, I was being angry, but I didn't see it. I wouldn't even consider it sin if I went up and choked the shit out of it. $5,000 is $5,000. So I went and followed my old philosophy of first of doing business. 
of this model right here, you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. I learned that from an attorney friend a long time ago. No, the soft answer, turn away wrath, they don't apply this situation. I'm the one giving the soft answer. They ain't got no wrath to give. I got the wrath to give. Feel me? So from that point on, I could choose to be bitter at Home Depot and the, and the personal incompetence of the employees there and the store itself, or I could keep my peace and just go and do business elsewhere. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? So you're communicating thoughts between your brothers and sisters. What do you do? Yeah, it's just real. It's just real. It's just real. So the meaning of this is, is that the devil put a thought into the mind of Judas. Do you not know that I, while I was upset that the devil was ministering to me, he get me stirred up. Boy. And, it, and you know what? It felt like me. Man, you don't have no answers when your wife asks you a question or something and you don't have a sufficient enough answer. She's waiting on it and you don't give it to her and then finally you just holler and say, shut up, because that's your only alibi. Well, we some dumb people. Uh-oh. But you don't want nobody talking to you like that. And then when, when somebody does talk to you like that, you forget that that's the way you just got finished talking to your wife. Whatsoever man sold, that's y'all so reap. See, see you, you sold this, but you don't want to reap this. So you protect yourself and insulate yourself from the spiritual butt whooping. You should be just taking patiently. What y'all meditating now? <laughs> ah. So how many times does the devil use you to speak to people or attack them? Even if you're in a leadership position, the devil can use you to attack people. Just because you're a leader don't mean that the devil, you're exempt from the devil. You could get frustrated and start speaking what you believe to be your mind about a situation. Rather than looking for the solution to something, you're too busy. You've been operating after this flesh for so long. So you got everybody. See, everybody here knows that you've had an experience with Jesus. But that's all you've had because you have done nothing to grow. You've done nothing to mortify the deeds of the flesh. You've done nothing to, to exalt self-control. You have not put the work in. So therefore, you continue to keep having these relapses and these reoccurring emotions. 
Same response, after response, after response, after response, and after response, again, again, and again. Come to Shabbat, we say, mortify the deeds of the flesh. Hallelujah! You just shout, you shout the loudest. And the one that ain't doing no crucifying of the flesh at all. You know why? Because you've been used to the devil controlling your mouth for so long. And you've been acting that way for so long. Who can move you off center? Uh-oh. Are y'all thinking? Y'all thinking? Let's look at a few scriptures. See how active the devil is in Israel. Already did that one, right? Here it is. First Chronicles 21.1. We done went over this before, right? But watch this. David is the king. Is that right? And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked or he moved Dawid. Is that right? To do what? Number Israel. So we know the whole account. We know that Joab said, come on, king. But what did he do? He pulled a rank. Yeah, he did. He flipped. Why? The, the book clearly says that Satan provoked. Satan never provoked you? Did Satan never moved you? But when you're full of your wrath, you ain't thinking about Satan at all. You want everybody to put up with that tyranny. That opposition. Because the people you're talking to, they don't know it's the devil either. They just say, that's just the way he always is. Everybody's spiritual, but ain't nobody running around with no discernment. Do you believe that David thought that the devil moved him to number Israel? Not a chance in life. No, he didn't. Mind you, this is a man after y'all's own heart. This is a man. When you look at the book concerning worship and praise, nobody could outdo David. This man, he calls the eye. So right when a subordinate says, King, you know you can't do that. Didn't I tell you? But Joab went ahead and did it anyway, right? Why? He obeyed authority. He warned him. It wasn't his life in jeopardy. David, I'm king. But the devil's speaking through you. He didn't know it. But do you know when the devil's speaking through you? And can you be reached when someone is trying to admonish you? That's the question. In this life right here, 
See, the, the assembly is something amazing. We know how to praise, we know how to worship, we know how to cry, we know how to speak in tongues, we know how to do all this, but man, our discernment is all. I don't even know if it's active or not. At any given time. You brothers here is straight when you think about it. Y'all ain't never seen that look that I give when, when y'all talking sometimes. It's not that I'm against you, so I just I gotta make sure I'm, I know who I'm talking to so I can respond right. Does that make sense? See, we have to be active all the time. Isn't that one of the gifts of the Spirit is discerning the Spirit? The definition to this provoking move in the Brown Driver Briggs to entice, allure, instigate. ever did any of this before? I'm asking Israel, have we ever? And at that time, did you believe that Satan moved you? Entice request, allure, instigate in a bad sense, strong says, properly to prick, figurative, stimulate, by implication to seduce, entice, move, to persuade, provoke, remove, set on, stir up, Take away. This is common behavior amongst us as Israel. This is acceptable behavior amongst us as Israel. This is everyday life. Think. How often do you process someone's words with your own mind. I would probably say hardly ever. The only time, not when we give us a 1%, the only time we even process it, we feel like we've been violated. We go away and think and meditate on it. And the whole time we think and meditate on it, the devil ministering to us, try to go back to them to heighten the conflict. Some of us ain't too quick and fast to you know, to get words off the top of the ass pot, man, she can throw some words out and shit. Boy, you unleash that, boy, it's over with. You don't have to work at it, it's automatically just there. You know what I mean? We have to reprove her with you. Some of us, we gotta go away for a little bit and meditate, get our words together, then we come back. But instead of doing that, we should have analyzed the whole situation, really truly seen if the shoe fit, then wear it, if it don't, and let it go. What's wrong with it? If something happens again, then that gives you the opportunity to go ahead and deal with it. But then you'll probably respond right at that time because now you'll be sober-minded. I mean, because the whole idea as brothers and sisters is to gain each other in everything. Isn't that true? To gain. Or is there a spirit, an accusing spirit, 
doing the thinking for you. Somebody say something to you? Anybody ever say something to you and you got angry and upset? And right then and there, boy, that communication highway is a full-blown open. Coupled with emotion and feeling. I mean, the book says a man is even counted wise when he can hold his tongue, right? Everything doesn't require a response or an answer at that time. Well, I've got to tell you about the part that when I was talking to the lady, um, I said, I'll just see y'all tomorrow, and I hung up. No bye, no goodbye. Don't have a good day. You weren't gonna get one either. But she the one who took the order. So I purposely went to the store manager to make sure that she gets some type of reprimand. Because dealing with her ain't gonna go nowhere. And the last thing they want is for me to go to one up above her. If you understand what I mean. So I go to the authority. Let the authority take care of it. So the next time I walk in the store, if she's still there, you follow me? I'll see how her spirit is. You know, sometimes people don't want to see what they'll do. They'll do this and see you coming up. And if you are around, sometimes they just hold their peace because they don't want nothing to do with you. And they're not bad for doing it. What they're doing is they're exercising from self-control until they get themselves together. Are y'all getting this? Anybody learn anything? Israel, you would not believe how many times you speak for the devil. I say you speak for the devil. Suddenly we have these thoughts, then we communicate them. Question is, how did Satan entice David? He talked audibly to David? Nope. These were David's thoughts. Again. And and then you got all this coalition out here telling you that believers can't have devils. Then who put that thought in? in David's mind. Who would have thought of Judas' mind? Who put the comment where it seemed like he was full of people? You know, Peter. And Jesus rebuked him. You know, that's got to be an eye-popping. Wait a minute. You just called me Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. What the? You know, now they know that the man, Jesus, that's sitting in front of him is just not going to drop any words out of his mouth. So he didn't have no clap back, no combat. Hey, 
Don't, don't forget, I'm over here. I love you. Yeah, but right now I'm not dealing with you. I'm dealing with Satan. tell when Satan entices you. You got an emotion and feeling that comes with the thought. It's either a good emotional feeling or bad. Which one is it? Oh. So, if David is not thinking right, how about you? Too many times we're tempted to dismiss them something as a bad decision by the flesh but scriptures clearly say the origin of those thoughts was Satan-inspired, given voice by you. In Acts 5, 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why, why have who? Satan's doing a lot of moving and shaking throughout this book, isn't it? All the way from Eve. And I'm going to tell you what, he ain't stopped. I don't know who told you he didn't stop. He's not fighting the world, he's fighting you. And he's fighting you to fight each other. When I was in our poor, and of course we, we would roam in the woods, right, at night. And our force mean opposing forces. When we were kept training uh, the army, the military, you know, the infantry, the special forces, the rangers and all them, we would be the opposing force. And so we came up on a camp. We call it a camp because we were our force. You understand? And me and Caruso looked at each other. Kill all these. How are you going to do that? Real simple. Go in the middle of it, start shooting our weapons up in there, and just start taking them out when they come out of the tent. Pow, 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 pow. So we was using, hold on. We was using our little mouths to place and stuff. Y'all thinking that we ain't training killing up each other now. And so when you shoot the laser off, boom, and you can't turn anything off. You have to have an OC to come in and actually, um, they'll put you down, turn it off, and you can't move. You're dead, right? So what we did is we went in this that camp and started shooting and started hollering uh, all kinds of stuff. Enemy, 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 enemy left, enemy right, boy, you know, all kinds of stuff. They came out for and we just laid low and watched them slaughter each other. Now, this wasn't the Rangers and the uh, Special Forces. This was, a, it was some type of, of uh, support group. Because they had water buffaloes and uh, jeeps and all kind of other stuff. Are you following me? Now, I skipped over the first part. We first went into a tent. I went into a tent. And I was going to, you know, I put my hand on the chest. And I shook like this. I go, Put my hand over my mouth real quick. It was a woman. I said, it's our boy. You're dead. Okay, don't move. 
you follow me. I told Bruce, I said, man, that was a damn woman out there, man. <laughs> and, of course, a lot of times we would be in these little things. We would end up getting in this fight. I mean, it's, it's just bad for you. So anyway, that's how we end up getting the enemy to annihilate each other. Same way the old tactic that the enemy does here. He'll throw one person that's offended with accusation. He'll spread it out. Next thing you know, you got this one that is on this person's side. This one is on this person's side. And then next thing you know, subtly, you got all these emotions and feelings and, and, and these little words and these phrases. And they're shooting back and forth at each other. And next thing you know, it's going to spread out like a cancer, like a virus. And one thought started the whole thing, and he's sitting back. That's the enemy. But he says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the what? Now, no, hold on. We got some conflict here because we're going to go somewhere with this, right? And to keep back part of the price of land. So, Satan tempted Ananias to lie. Is that right? But today, you want us to believe you're never tempted. Watch this. Y'all ready? See, now I know we got y'all tempted because everybody. It was not simply two men who confronted one another, but in them, the Holy Spirit was in one and Satan in the other. Because Peter's words were, why have Satan tempted you to lie to them? Well, who the Holy Spirit is speaking through? Peter. Whose instrument they are. So somebody is an instrument and tool for the Most High. Somebody is an instrument and tool for Satan. And they both are believers. They both are believers. Peter already jumped to the side. The Holy Spirit is speaking through me. Satan has filled your heart. You know how we know? Because we read on. He asked the question, did you? Did you? No. No. Who's the father of life? So Ananias ended up dying on the spot. Why he come in next? This time he asked, what, what have you agreed together? She didn't know her husband was already gone. See, at this time, you think you are talking to mere man. But with what we're doing, we're being led by the Spirit. You're not lying. I'm a man sitting in front of you, but you're not lying to man. See, we ask the question so he can give you a choice to either give a right answer and be able to walk in life or to get a wrong answer and die. How many times has the Holy Spirit 
been trying to speak to some of you and can't reach you because you're full of Satan. Huh? Can't talk to you. Today, we are at Augusta. Romans 6.16 says, Know ye not that to whom you, what's that word? You yield. Yield, 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 yield. And I'll submit to us that the majority of the time our yielding comes because of being apathetic. Being complacent. Business as usual. The way we've always been. Hallmark answer the way we respond. And you see what I mean? Not being active. So we end up, because we've been doing it so long, yielding ourselves. So whomsoever you yield your member servants to obey, we do this in righteousness and unrighteousness. That's who servants ye are, to whom you obey. Whether of what? Sin unto death. You gotta obey somebody. Whether sin unto death, sin unto, sin unto death, or, or what? Obedience unto righteousness. So I've been living this set apart life over 20 some years. How many battles do you think I've been in? Hmm? So I'll be, I'll be considered a seasoned veteran. Are you following me? Even though you don't think I am. <laughs> you get it? How much experience do you think I have? But y'all be thinking that ye were past tense, the servants, the slaves of what? We were. So let's stop here for a second. So now he's speaking in past tense and we've already had an experience and we have crossed over from death to life. Is that right? We were the servants of sin. So why at times when we can give the right answer, give a righteous answer, speak righteousness, why do we go back to the weaker, beggarly elements of this earth, this world, the old man, the old Adam and the old way? Feel like that's going to give us a little bit of time or... At that time, we just, you know, we just lied. At that time, you know, we just kind of didn't tell. We told half truth. Uh,
Now here's the big kicker. Whoever attends to stuff like that. We just go on in life. Don't we? We just mosey on down the road. And I keep telling you, this is standard operating procedure amongst us. Some of us, it's our fabric and makeup. Again, emphasis added. We've had an experience with the most high. Got the Ruach, we've been filled with it. But we haven't checked in no time. No time at all to mature in Uh-oh. Change our way of thinking because it got to be active and not passive to that. If, you, if you've been in a, a conflict or you fell short, you got to do an after-action review. Most of the time, we let it happen, we go, oh, okay, and we go on about our life. Hmm? You know, football, most of y'all, some of y'all are experienced with football, right? You have the greatest athletes out on the field. All it takes is a couple of turnovers to change the whole game, am I right? Change the whole game. You have a star receiver, he could be out there catching everything, and then all of a sudden, he, he, a ball is a little high, he tips it, the defender catches it, picks it, changes the whole game. Oh, okay, my bad, man, my bad. Okay, next quarter, he's back online, he's got eight catches, 140 yards, doing really good. Then next thing you know, he catches it, he's feeling real good, and Defender comes and punches the ball out of him, and next thing you know, his teammate picks it up and runs it back, pick six. So now you done tipped it. Pick six. Got a good game, but now you done fumbled it. Pick six. <laughs> you know what the coach would do, right? We're going to make some adjustments. You come here for a second. You come over here a second. You, know, you come over here and stand by me. So that's where you're going to be at for the rest of the game. Only one problem. It's not a problem, it's a good problem, though. A professional, because he is a professional, he would literally get angry and mad and upset at himself for making those harebrained decisions in that moment. Because they only got split nanoseconds to think. But you you'll get pissed because you got taken out of the game. Put on the side for a while. Because see, as a head coach, you've got to now make adjustments in this game. You're making adjustments all throughout the game. You're scheming, seeing what they're doing on offense. Sometimes, a lot, you got a lot of great athletes out here, but good coaching is what wins a lot of these games. Making the right adjustments. Finding the mismatch, the mismatch. Find the mismatch and exploit them. Find their weakness and exploit that. Use that. 
pretty much what your life is like, but you know what we do? We're sitting in the stands. We sang the song design, I'm on the battlefield. No, you ain't. You buy the battlefield. You ain't on it. I mean, how long would it take you or how many games would it take you before you become an all-pro? But in order to become an all-pro, you got to be on the field. Where where the bumps, the bruises, Injuries are possible. I mean, I played football, man. It had cuts on me and stuff like that. And I would keep on going. Oh, come on, let's put this on. Man, man get away from me. <laughs> That's the way y'all get drilling is kicking. So the person on the field has a hell of a lot more experience than the armchair quarterback in the stands who think they know everything. You the spectator, but they on the field. A lot of Israelites are spectators in Israel while they're watching other people become all pros on the field. somebody their first time out. Got a secret for you. Everybody want to know it. No matter how good you think you are, and believe me, a lot of you have a high lofty opinion about yourself, but no matter how good you think you are, when the balloon goes up when the conflicts begin to happen. Everything that you have ever learned is always gonna, you will always fall back on your train. Hold on. Some of you ain't even in training. Did y'all hear me? How many of y'all know I shoot a gun? So how you know? How many of y'all know I shoot a gun when somebody's firing back at you? That's a different story, then, isn't it? Isn't that a different story? How did we get on that story of boxing the other day, Brother Blood? You remember? I know between NOS and rock stars, it's going to be hard for you to catch it up. <laughs> anyway, he says, he says, Nate, man, Nate knocks the hell out of that bag, man. He been there getting after it. I said, yeah, he does. 
There's only one problem. Bags don't punch back. Bags don't hit back. <laughs> that don't mean stop training. But y'all see what I'm saying though, right? Here we are in Israel and most of us don't even want to train. Now I'm going to tell you, if you don't train, how are you going to train up a child? Are y'all hearing this? I ask people all the time, hey, you got that weapon, you don't train. I was down in Florida. Old Dex walks in. Y'all know Dex, right? Old dancing Dex. Dex walks in, man, he, he had that, <laughs> he, he had that Glock hanging off the side like this. I say, hey, Dex, how you doing? Walked up to Dex, I go, Took his weapon apart. I said, here, put it back together. As a boy, you sure look like a cowboy, don't you? And then, of course, Gideon's like, you mean to tell me you can't put that damn gun weapon together? And, of course, you know with men, that started off, y'all know how we do. That goes to the zenith from there. That's a conversation for the next two hours. We, we, and, and then everybody piling on. And then some of them over in the corner trying to. So they get in the mix and start talking. <laughs> I bet Dex know how to put that weapon back together. I bet he know how to take it apart in that too, don't he? Gideon was back there doing some training. He said, I got a, I got a test for him. Okay, what you gonna do? He said, I'm gonna see if they know how to break down their weapon. You don't believe how many people have these ARs and have never broken it down. Never broken it. So there was old Jordan from straightway praise land, Wisconsin. I'm leaving the range. I go, what are you doing, Jordan? Jordan, I think he was trying to turn. I said, look, I'm going to give you a class real quick to show you how to break this weapon. Down, okay? You can tell he's been firing, firing a living daylight. Like carving all over the place. I'm surprised it even will fire. Man, I had all kind of carving on my hand. Wasn't one of y'all with me? You were summer? I took that and said, this is how you put it. Because he's getting ready to go get tested. So I was going to give him a little boost to help. He still didn't pass. You know why? You can't be shown something one time because you don't have no training to fall back on. Uh-oh. So everybody really truly think that in the heat of the battle that they're ready for the war. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. If you ain't been training, you ain't got nothing to fall back on. See, some of us, we have not even trained our mind.
We just submit the cardinal conflict. Now, we're very trained in that because it don't take nothing to do that. Everybody hear me? Because the flesh don't want to train. It's inconvenient. You ever notice when you're training with Gideon, if you're out there, it don't make no difference if it's raining, snowing, sleet, cold, hot. You're going to be there. Most people lose heart. Young men out there losing heart. And, and y'all not even doing nowhere near what we used and, and they're losing heart. Brother Giddy was back there teaching um, how to fire from a vehicle. And, and of course, in training, you have to make, a lot of times you have to make stuff stressful. You know what I mean? Make you go through the movement, scream, holler, shout, put some, lay down some fire, and most people start to crack under pressure under that. Am I right? They crack under pressure, can't handle it. See, Israel, when you ain't trained properly, spiritually, you crack under pressure and you give up. You have not exercised your senses to discern good and evil, right from wrong. You have nothing to fall back on but the old cardinal nature that you're familiar with. And I might add, if that's all that you got, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. This making sense? You have and you must stay proficient. making any sense at all. But think, but y'all be think that ye were the servants of sin, but you have, what's that word? But notice, keep, you have, you have from the what? The same place that Satan submits thoughts. The heart and the mind are synonymous with each other. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Y'all listen? That form of what? Doctrine. That form of teaching. So look at this. So you have obeyed from the heart, that form of teaching which was delivered unto you. Stop. How many times, how much word do we hear in this ministry? Now, here's the next question. Yeah, but who's obeying? Who's obeying? Who's obeying from the heart? That form of teaching which has been delivered unto you. Because we get some dynamic messages given to us, but very little return on our investment. 
just sitting up here soaking yourself Sabbath and then not going back and putting in the work. It's not going to make you proficient. See, what we want, and this is what America's done to us, and you've taken it and ran with it. We want somebody to give us the right answer, and we think once we receive the right answer, that's the end of it. Are you following? That's the end of it. Anybody ever did any working out exercise before? Boy, one time, you, you could say, I used to do this. Ain't that right? I used to do that. Ain't that right? I used to do this. But we all know how this body works. If you don't exercise, you don't train, you get used to, that don't work. In the NFL is what you've done, what have you done for me lately, right? Well, I don't give a damn that you went to three Pro Bowls and you was MVP. What are you doing today? Your three Pro Bowls and MVPs is not benefiting us right now. See, some of you want to reminisce on the glory days. Just when you had a moment of greatness and you ain't been great since. Boy, how you holding yourself over there? It's a torture fence, isn't it? Huh? It's torture, isn't it? You tall, man. You know that. You torture fence, boy. Whoa. Y'all hearing this? If you said, I remember Brother Rich said, man, I used to bench 275. Bullshit! <laughs> I could have a number right or wrong. Did you say that? Say you could do it one time? He said he did it one time. And I, I thought I heard him say the other day, he said, I can do 275 right. I said, bullshit. Can you do it now? The office say, go, we're going straight over there. Soon as Shabbat over with. We loading it up, and I promise you, every brother be there too. Drink in hand. Cameras, Marco Polo. <laughs> See, just because you used to do something a long time ago, what, we need the benefit of what you used to do today. See, in, in the Messiah, what you used to do a long time ago used to be greater than that even still till today. Yeah, you should. You should be that much more stronger, that much more perfected, that much more powerful. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Glory to the king. So let me tell you what I've learned over the years. Do you want to know? I can tell you how much word you have in you based on your behavior and actions. David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light to thy path. David said, I will hide your word in my heart 
that I might not sin against you. Now watch it. There's a sin when you sin against a brother, but if you never repent of it, now you sin against y'all. So I can tell by the way you behave, the way you move, the way you think, how you respond. I can tell what level of word you're on. Huh? Hold this for a second. Let me, let me. How old is she? He is one. Bottom. Come here, chasing after y'all. <laughs> Watch it. He is one years old. Is that right? What one years old in the class? Is that right? How old you chase? Twenty six. Twenty six for some of y'all. You're 26, but you're really. You're 26, but you're really. And some of you, we have to handle you like this. Come here, Judy. How old are you, Judy? She's seven. Some of you are 26, but you're only. And we have to deal with you like this. Son, I know you and I came in this earth on the same day. Trying to follow me. Hey, check this out. See, how are you, little friend? 17. Huh? Some of you are 26, and but you're. So, when you're dealing with a person, you have to discern. Where they are. The problem and the illusion is, is we see this grown man and we have the expectations of a grown man. We see a grown woman, we have the expectations of a grown woman, but when you engage with them, if you are <clears throat> spiritual, you're saying, Man, I see she's a grown woman, but she really uh, just a babe in the side. Oh, this one, oh, I, I, talking to her, oh, I can see she done grown a little bit, so I can deal with her. See, this one understands a whole lot more. This, this one understands a whole lot more than that one. But this one's got time and tenure, experience growing up, you know what I mean? You can communicate more with this one. You can get a whole lot more done with this than you can with that one. Is that the reason why we can't get nothing done out of some of y'all? Huh? 
Think about this. And then when you get here, you don't know, mature a lot, it's easier to talk to you. We have greater expectations out of you, but come on, man, what teenage ain't rebelled? That ain't none of you. Are you following me? See, it depends on how much time you want to spend with the Most High to be transformed, to mature, and not only that, to learn from every engagement, every temptation, every trial, every tribulation that we're in in life. Scott, if you ask Judah to do something, how many times do you have to tell her to do it? It depends on what it is, right? You get that? If you were to ask her to do something, how many times do you want to tell her to do it? Oh, oh you're going to get quite a few out of that because you're, huh? Huh? By the time you get this age, if you ask him to do something, that, you shouldn't have to be told to take out the trash. Do y'all think I'm talking about taking out the trash? <laughs> By the time you become this age right here, you should be an instructor. So time out for this, see me for what you see. Because just because you're this age, that don't mean I, I'm the one got to determine who I'm dealing with. When you're speaking with people, you need to determine who you're dealing with. Thank y'all very much. We got to discern y'all's body. I can tell how much you're still submitted to the flesh while deceiving yourself, thinking you're submitted to God. The amount of word you have in you will determine how mature or immature you are. James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brother, let every man be swift to hear and what? Slow to do what? To speak. Slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with. When was the last time you received any correction in meekness? Any instruction in meekness? We're some amazing creatures. 
As soon as somebody corrects you, first thing you want to do is go to your justification. Because you, you don't think that they understand or have the ability to comprehend why you did certain things or why you said certain things. So then you go into explaining. Then we got to go get the diaper wipes. Y'all hear this? So receiver in meekness and grafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Yah, that you present your body a what? Living, sacrifice, set apart, acceptable unto who? Which is your, that is a reasonable service, right? When you look at what Messiah did one time for all of us, it is our reasonable service, right? It is, right? Notice, reasonable service. So, many of you have not even started this process of presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. You've had an experience with Jesus, but you've not changed. You literally have not changed. I'll give you an example. Let me use me as an example. Yeah, anybody been listening to me for at least 10 years? Have you went back and saw the difference in, in me from 10 years ago to now? So as I go, you go. Uh-oh, think about that. Uh-oh, what happened? And be not conformed to this, but be ye by the renewing of your that you may that's we don't do that too much, though, do we? See, you're not proving everybody else in this instance. You're proving you, yourself. You're testing your own self. You're checking your own self. What is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of Yah, have any of you ever had your children come to your room at night and they say that they saw something in their room or either they just crawled in the bed Anybody ever had children do that? Hey, did you go check to see if there's anything in the room? Hmm? And then you tell them, ain't nothing in this room. You ever did that before? If they tell you that they saw something, they saw something. You remember when you was a little child and you saw something? I ain't nothing in this room, but you want them to be set up and tormented by a spirit. Our children used to just climb in the bed. They wouldn't even wake up, just climb in the bed. They just go get in the bed. I would never send them back to their room. Even as a cardinal man, I wouldn't ever send them back to their room. You know why? Because I remember, I see stuff. What, what they saw, they see. Is that right? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. Now about that. They saw it. So I'm not going to send them back in there. Stay right here. Are y'all hearing that? Now if you 15 talking about you saw something in the room, 
got some issues. But those little children, I mean, come on. That's how Satan does. He tries to put fear upon them at a very young age, and the only comfort they have is you as the father and the mother. They run to their place of refuge. You don't turn around and stick them right back out there all by themselves with the devil. They'll be up at night waiting, torment, waiting to see you. And you talking about, I'm just going to get my sleep. Shut up. Huh? Anybody listen? We all have different approaches when we deal with our children. But if they tell me they saw something, I believe them. I do it because the battle is real. Did y'all hear that? The battle is real. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of Yah, which do what? Passes all understanding. And the peace of Yah, which passes all understanding, is going to, it shall keep your hearts and through the Messiah, Yahshua. Finally, brother. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things that are, whatsoever things are, Whatsoever things that are, and whatsoever things that are, whatsoever things that are of, boy, I tell you, that's a, that's a good classification of whatsoever, though, it. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on So how many times does the devil entice you to think on an offense? How many times does the devil entice you to try to figure out how you're going to pattern your words? How many times does the devil try to entice you to have your life consumed with the cares of his life? He's already given us instructions how to think. Those things which you have both learned, where are you going to learn them from? You got to learn them from a man and received and heard. Notice, those things which you have both learned and received and heard. Boy, Elder Rufus, boy, he spoke good last night, didn't he? You got to learn from somebody. It's amazing. We can go to school, sit in front of a teacher, and that's fine. We learn it from. Them. We can go to work or a job and get training and learn. 
But then when we come to the assembly, oh, we can't be a bunch of bobbleheads. You can read that book all day long. But unless you see an example in front of you to teach you to learn, it ain't going to mean nothing to you. It's not going to mean a thing. So the learning and receive and heard, and look at this one, and seen in me do. Isn't that something how Paul talking to the Philippians? So whatsoever you have learned from me, whatsoever you have received and heard of me, and whatsoever you have seen in me do. Then he says this, and the you peace shall be with you. That's why I tell men, whatever you learn from me, I can say the same thing. What is Paul saying? Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Didn't he just say the same thing again? In a shorter form. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am a Messiah, a Messiah. So, whatever you learned, whatever you seen and heard, in me, Pastor Dow, do. And the Yah, peace, shall be with you. See, watch it for a second. You got brother, everybody's at different levels, okay? So, what kind of fruit would you end up with in your life if you follow me? even as I am a silent. You see what I mean? You, you got to determine that. You got to determine that. Because everybody, because we're men, we're not all bearing the same fruit. Women are not all bearing the same fruit. Hmm? I mean, like I've said, I've watched Aspot grow leaps and bounds. From, from what she used to be. Leaps and bounds from what she used to be. So you get these other women out there that's trying to pass judgment on her in a broadcast and how she speaks and talks like that. They're not even in. First of all, again, you're just a spectator in the stands. You're not even on the field. Is that making sense? Does that make sense? You look at Mother Carol, you can you can learn. You women, if you wanna if you wanna be a good woman, look at Mother Carol. I didn't you ain't gotta be like her. You can just learn from her. You gotta determine what fruit is coming from. Pick anybody. Gotta make sure. Be careful the company you keep. See, I tell you all the same things all the time. Follow me even as I am a Messiah. I say that with confidence. See, then and only then will you see the fruit of it. Our relationship with Yah is personal. But you cannot expect Yah to bless you if you're living in open rebellion against him. Is that making sense? Rebellion 
is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Now we know for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Just a new modern way of saying that verse. We can understand this better than we can this. You follow me? Because you have rejected the word of Yah, of Yahweh, he have also rejected you from being king. James 4, 6 says, but he given more grace. It's one thing to have grace, but he give more grace. Wherefore he saith, Yah resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So Israel, if you are proud, bitter, unwilling to change, uh, hardships, tribulations will be your life. Anointing, grievances, heaviness, sorrow. You follow me? Unwilling to change. Man, you got a great responsibility. Because you have a family, your family gonna, is only going to go as you go. Too many times we want to find all the fault in the weaker vessels and we weak as hell as ourselves. A lot of times we want to reprove them on something, but the truth is, you're talking to yourself and don't even know it. Talking to yourself and don't even know it. And you're getting mad at her, but you're getting mad at yourself. Because your leadership ain't shit. Your example ain't shit. You're a poor example. You want everybody else to get better so you can feel comfortable being worse. saying slip. All right, but these are some good people. Hmm? Got to listen to these words more than once. There's a lot of things that slip. Hallelujah. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of thy heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Yah, my strength. My Redeemer, dismissed in the beautiful name of Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. Shabbat Shalom.